0: Welcome to Relationship Radio. My name is Phil. And on today's episode, I am joined by our fearless leader, our CEO, Kimberly Beam Holmes. Kimberly, thank you for joining me today.
1: I am glad to be here, Phil. And you are our fearless marketing director. So we're a (laughs) team to be reckoned with, that's for sure.
0: Yes, uh, you and I are very dynamic. The dynamic duo of marketing, uh, obviously joined with Jason as well, behind the camera and behind the scenes getting okay. these podcasts and videos ready for us. But in today's episode, we are actually going to be answering questions from our listeners, just like you or viewers, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, the last couple episodes, we've been answering questions from Dr. Joe. And today we wanted to get questions answered from Kimberly. We, we can, No pressure. We can, no, no pressure. pressure. Right? I'm no following pressure.
1: up Dr. Joe Beam with, you know, all his things. No pressure. It'll be fun.
0: Uh, well, according to him, you have been bossing him around since you were three. So I
1: do have experience in in doing things such as that.
0: Absolutely. So if you're ready, we're going to jump right in.
1: Let's dive in.
0: Okay. The first question we have is my wife cheated numerous times and claim claims it was because she was unhappy. When I found everything out, it literally broke me. We've been separated for a year. But I do go over there and spend time with her and the kids from time to time. What can I do to prevent a divorce?
1: This is a great question. And it's a question that a lot of the people when they contact marriage helper are asking the exact same thing. My spouse is wanting out. What can I do to save my marriage or what can I do to stop my divorce? And actually, I'm not going to get too much in the weeds on that unless you want to want to in just a minute. But those are actually a little bit of two different things. Because you have to first identify the goal, his goal, what can I do to stop a divorce? Here's the information that we know. His wife has cheated and it's cl- and claims it's because she was unhappy. They've been separated for a year. But there is still some contact because she has the kids. And so he goes over there to spend time with the kids as he should. So In this situation, we know from our experience at Marriage Helper that the wife is likely experiencing one of two things. We know that she's cheated, but there's several different types of affairs. At Marriage Helper, we talk about three different types of affairs. The fact that she's cheated numerous times, and we don't know if these are short-lived affairs Or if they are multiple affairs that extend over longer periods of time and have more of an emotional component to them, we would call those the ones that have an emotional component that actually last a little bit longer, where a person actually falls in love or feels like they're madly in love with someone else. We would call those limerent affairs. And if that's the situation where we need to talk about it one way, put a pin in that the second situation that I mentioned, if it's a bunch of one night stands, if it's a primarily sexual affair that this woman is having over and over and over, you'd actually deal with that a little bit differently, actually quite a bit differently. But let's assume because most of the time it is limerent affairs. It's a chasing after that feeling of being madly in love. And if someone is involved in multiple affairs over time, then sometimes people refer to them as limerence addicts, which is a little bit of a misnomer, but it's basically the idea of this is a person who's chasing that feeling of being madly in love. And there's a lot of chemical reactions that happen in our brain that lead to that feeling happening. And so, it, maybe she was unhappy in the marriage. She says that she was, but if she's in limerence, she could also be rewriting history to to reflect whatever she wants it to be so that she can kind of feel better about or not feel as guilty about being involved in the affairs that she's in. So what can he do to prevent a divorce? This I'm I've been talking about filling in a lot of backstory, which we may know, we may not know. But if it's a limerent affair, then you need to realize that they have a course of action. They have a time frame that they typically follow. And according to the research, that typically falls in a bell curve of anywhere from three months to 48 months. There may be some outliers that go as long as 60 months, which is five years. Very extreme cases can be 10 years, things like that. But typically, they have a shelf life, so to say. Now, if you know that that is true, understanding that his wife is in something that has a shelf life changes a little bit of the approach that he should have. Now, at Marriage Helper, we teach that the first thing that you should do when you're wanting to prevent a divorce is change the way that you're communicating with your spouse. So if you're doing things that are pushing her away, if you're doing what we call push behaviors, which stand for, I won't go through the whole thing, but it's basically pleading, begging, doing things that are trying to win your spouse back, but it's actually just pushing them even further away when you do it, then immediately stop doing those things and start doing, because it's not enough to just Think about what we need to stop doing. We need to replace those negative habits that we used to have with something positive. Replace those things with working on yourself, which we call working on your pies, and also with doing the right way of communicating with your spouse, which we call smart contact. So to prevent divorce, you definitely want to make sure that you're stopping the push behaviors, but that you're also keeping an open line of communication that when you're going to see your kids, when you're going over there to see your kids, that you ask about, first of all, some of those non-emotional items, what we call business items, ask about Hey, how is work going? How are the kids doing in school? Ask about things that you have a common ground about, but it's not going to be things like, are you still in love with that other person? Are you still having that affair? Are you sure that you want to actually move forward with a divorce? Those questions are not going to move you toward getting back to a neutral ground. And then being able to focus on possibly saving the marriage from there. So if you want to prevent a divorce, the other part of this that I will add that makes it a little different than if you have a goal of just saving the marriage is that if a divorce becomes a part of the conversation, if she files, if you realize that you need to get an attorney, then you do need to protect yourself. We always recommend that. But just because a divorce is filed... Just because papers are given or anything like that, if she's filed or you have received papers, it doesn't mean that there's no hope. However, you do need to make sure that the way that you move forward, and I won't go much deeper into this because we talk a way more about it in some of the courses that we have um, and we can get more specific and more in depth here. Remember, I, we at Marriage Helper are never telling you what to do. Uh, we always recommend that you seek legal counsel, but you can move through the divorce process in such a way where you make it clear that you want to save the marriage, but you also make it clear that you're not going to be A doormat that can just be walked on. I don't really have the time or space to go more into that. So, bottom line is realize with the type of affair it is, if it's limerence, it has a shelf life, do what you can to be the best version of yourself that can hopefully attract her back. Stop doing the things that are unattractive to her, that are pushing her away, and change the way that you're communicating through what we call smart contact. Now, really quickly, if, if she is having more of those one night stands, you may be dealing with a bit of a different situation where she may actually need to get some intervention help for, for those behaviors and those actions. And so she may need to get to the place where she is willing to go to a type of therapy or rehab recovery for, for someone who is kind of in a compulsive sexual behavior mindset or state. So That is something you can't force her to do, but it does make the situation a bit different. I can't really, at this time, go more into depth on how to do that. Bill, where should we recommend people learn more about how they can get started with implementing the behaviors that I just talked about?
0: Absolutely. The best resource we have if somebody wants to start today, like listen to this, watch this, and actually start within the next 10-15 minutes, is actually signing up for our free mini course where Kimberly Mm -hmm. has created a three-video series on this almost exact topic. This might sound like a very unique question, but these are questions that we get asked every day. Mm -hmm. And this question started off with "Is how do I prevent divorce? The real question you're asking is, how do I save the marriage? Mm -hmm. So you need to first figure out how you got here, how to move forward and have a sense of hope, and what are practical steps you can take today to start pulling your spouse back to you and saving the marriage. We can't guarantee, like Kimberly just said, we cannot guarantee anything. That is something we do not do. But with working with thousands of couples with over 20 years of experience of saving marriages in crisis, this mini course is the right first step for you today if this is a question that you've had. If you'd like to get signed up after listening to this, please go to marriagehelper.com slash free to get signed up today. That's marriagehelper.com slash F-R-E-E. Kimberly, I think that's a great way to answer the first question. How about we answer a few more today?
1: Let's do it. Let's dive into the second one.
0: Okay. The second question. What should I do when my husband tells me to shut up?
1: Mm.
0: Every time I want to say something, he just shushes me. I feel lost. How should I speak to him about my concerns, my happiness, or just tell him that I love him?
1: Hmm. I really wish I could further understand What is happening? What are the things that she begins talking about when he shuts her down? Is it typically when she's bringing up how she feels about the relationship or things that she wants to change? Or is it just in everyday conversation? Now, I'm going to assume here because she said, how should I speak to him about my concerns, my happiness, or just to tell him that I love him, that it may be more often than not that he's saying this. And she really doesn't feel like she has a way to talk to her husband. Of course, what we know from the research is the best way to approach someone, especially your spouse, is to start with how you feel. So not, I feel like you're a big jerk that never listens. (laughs) But hey, like when I come to you, I I feel like I don't matter to you. And and that hurts me because and I would even try and take that because to a much deeper level. So that hurts me because maybe when when for you it was when when you were a kid that is the way that your dad was to you, right? Or maybe there was just something that happened in your past where this really is a trigger for you. Although it could just be a trigger for you because this is your husband and you feel like you cannot be intimate and open and honest with him because the space isn't there. But whatever it is, the basic formula is to start with when this happens and not when you shush me, but when I try and speak with you and, and you want to try and take as many you statements out of it. Sometimes it isn't a hundred percent possible to do that because you may have to put in a you for the sentence to make sense, but you get what I'm trying to say. Start with those I statements when this happens, this is how I feel. And this is why I feel that way without trying to do it in a way that he is going to feel guilty, attacked, or maybe get defensive. Now he may get all of those things anyway, but, and he may just simply not listen. He may simply try and shut you down, which is the irony of trying to have this conversation with someone who is telling you to be quiet. But ultimately, you have a right to speak about these concerns with your husband. That would be my recommendation of the first place to start. If that conversation doesn't go well, don't try and keep pressing on. If you start the conversation and say, you know, when this happens, and by the way, I would also try and have this conversation at a good time. So not at the end of a long day after you just had a fight or after he just did it. You know, in the middle of a fight or something like that, I would wait until a time where both of you are in a decent mood, where there's no screaming kids in the background, where you didn't just have to pay a huge tax bill. You want to, you really want to make sure that the environment is most conducive to him being open and willing to listen. So from that point, if that still doesn't work and he still shuts you down, doesn't want to talk about it, then try and approach it from a little bit of a different way. Start talking to him by asking him questions how was your day today? What do you have planned for the weekend? What are some of the things you enjoy doing? What are the favorite shows you're watching right now? Just start by being curious about him and start to try and get him to open up to you that way. Now, This is good for creating that friendship again for creating intimacy, but it actually is working on a deeper level because you're reestablishing a positive communication pattern. So avoid the things where if you've noticed a pattern in the past that when you bring this up or that up, that's when he typically begins to shut you down. Maybe it's because you're asking him to do something or you're talking about finances or whatever. You're talking about how you're not happy in the relationship. If you've realized those are the things that he shuts you down on for a period of time, don't talk about those things. It's not because those things aren't valid and that your needs don't matter. They do, but we're going to try a different angle. The angle of approaching him with curiosity And being proactive on your part of trying to rebuild intimacy with him. And when I say intimacy, I mean friendship. So just ask him about the things that you would ask a friend about. Get him to open up to you that way. As he talks to you, be a safe and listening ear. And then once you have a decent pattern of being able to talk about those things, then consider revisiting, dipping your toe back in the water of, hey, uh, well, hopefully by that time, maybe some of the shushing you has, has gone away some, but if it happens again, or you start noticing it again, then bring it back up. Hey, when this happens, this is how I feel. The other thing that is a real key here is being sure that you ask for the positive behavior that you're wanting. So don't just say, stop doing that. In fact, it's better to just not say that at all. It's better to say, instead, it, when I, when I come to you, even if it's something that you're not in a place to be able to listen to or talk to or talk about in the moment, please simply say, Hey, I hear you. Let's table this till the weekend or something like that. Like Tell him, explain to him the positive thing you're wanting him to do. Or maybe it's instead, uh, if he's just, maybe it's saying, Hey, I, I need for us to just have 10 to 15 minutes every evening, just talking about our day where I can just open up and talk to you about and let go of all of the frustrations I had in my day. And I simply would love for you to listen. And then, you know, we can do the same for you, but figure out what is the thing you're wanting him to do? Yes. You, you want him to stop telling you to be quiet. Absolutely. But let's, let's paint the picture of what the positive of that looks like as well. That would be my answer, Phil.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. i for me, when I read this, I think it's not just about the speaking portion of it. I think this actually goes back to what kind of you answered in the first question is also what can you do to start pulling? So what mm-hmm. what are the what are the non-speaking things that you are doing? You say you want to tell him you love him. Write down those reasons for yourself so you know them. But what can how can you also show? A lot of people, some mm-hmm. people, at least for me, my wife and I communicate very differently on days. We are very similar in how we communicate, so we therefore we clash but there are other things that are nonverbal that could be cues as well so yeah. i would i would recommend that's just me i'm not the teacher i am the listener and facilitator here but when i read this question i think exactly what you said uh, what the the framework you just gave is exactly how i was taught when uh, my wife and i got married is never start with you start with the i but in that same vein mm-hmm. what could you be doing daily to work on yourself to become the best version of yourself and working on those pies so that he will want to talk to you.
1: Yeah. you know, it's one of those things I love, I love listener questions. I also love when we can further understand a little bit more about the, where the questions are coming from, because you're exactly right. There's a hundred different situations. Actually, there's probably more like five, there's probably five situations that this woman could be really referring to if we were to dig a bit deeper And I am gonna read this question and think of it in my experience and in my past and in my bias towards the way I've learned. Whereas you may listen hear that question and think that she's talking about it from a little bit of a different perspective. And both of them are right. So you're and it is true, like there's way more. There's way more underneath this question Mm -hmm. than just the communication skills and how you're talking to each other. That's one really practical part of it. Like, Hey, if we're just going to talk about the kind of the, what's floating up at the top of the water and not get too deep yet, then let's just start here. But if I was talking to this woman, I would ask like, tell me more about your relationship. When did the unhappiness start on his end or on your end? Because there is a break. In their relationship, it's either a break in their intimacy, or their passion, or their commitment, but there is something that her husband is being pushed away. And we don't know why. We don't know why. But we do know, like what you just said, what we teach at Marriage Helper is you can begin to pull your spouse back by doing certain things, the things that we teach. And that is part of it. Like that's kind of the part of it that you, you do think of it like an exercise plan or a nutrition plan. If you're wanting to be healthy, then there's things that you just do because they're the right things to do. But then there may be, you know, you you eat right and you work out, but then there may be some things that if you're saying, you know, but. Um, I know I need to work out and, and eat healthy, but I also like immediately realize that my my blood glucose, my blood sugar levels are too high. And so immediately on top of that, here are some of the interventions I can take for that specific part. And that's the way that I view this. There's an underlying mechanism that is the foundation of this that absolutely needs to be fixed. But then there's also like a quick When, hopefully, but a a very specific problem that we can focus on creating an intervention for while the foundation is being built under here as well. That is my performance psychology background coming out right there. I just heard it. So, this is wonderful.
0: If you don't know, Kimberly is actually currently working on her PhD in psychology. And what a lot of people actually don't know, even Jason included. My wife, your husband, know this, but this is stuff we talk about on the daily. Uh, Yeah. If you haven't listened to it already, Kimberly also hosts the podcast, It Starts With Attraction, where she goes more deeper into becoming the most attractive version of yourself. I would say Kimberly loves getting into the details and nitty-gritty of the science. So if you ever want to hear about the science of how to actually physically get better, both physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, the pies of attraction, please visit It Starts With Attraction. But let's move on to the next question, shall we, Kimberly?
1: Let's move on.
0: Okay. Last question for today. How can I influence my spouse to work on our marriage? A year after my brother died, he said that he had been unhappy for years with my weight, moods, and how I treat him. He loves me as a friend, but isn't physically attracted to me. He says he doesn't know if he wants to work on the marriage.
1: Yes. Great question. And not an uncommon one. So one brief thing, because I was reading this question as you were reading it, Phil, it was a year after his brother died. So the husband's brother. And that makes a difference because the husband is likely going through grief. And one of the things, speaking of, of my podcast, So one of my dear friends, one of our workshop facilitators at Marriage Helper, his name is David Matthews, but he's actually a grief expert, which may sound strange, but he has done a lot of work. He and his wife, Debbie, they own a non... They don't own a nonprofit. They run a nonprofit called Spark of Life, where for years now, they've been doing retreats, coaching, and things like that for people after they've experienced loss. And so I've had David on my podcast several times to talk about things like this, as well as just over dinner and times that we see each other, I'm always learning so much from him. And here's what I have learned, that when someone experiences a loss of anything, it could be a loss of a job, a loss of a dream, a loss of an expectation, but especially the loss of a person, a brother, a parent, a child, God forbid, right? Like all of those types of losses... Hit very hard, and people really go through a stage for it could be a year, two years, three years. There's no timeline on how long it takes someone to go through the grief process. But if someone isn't allowing themselves to go through that grief process, they can stay stuck in it for a very long time. And typically, when someone's going through grief, when they're suffering this loss, they they start kind of questioning everything in their lives. They start seeing the world a little bit differently. And part of it has to do with just chemically what happens in our body as we're going through grief. But but also the loss starts getting them to question their own life, their own future. What have they been doing? Are they even happy? And probably he's depressed on top of this. And so add depression on top of grief and loss. And you have someone who... Very well, may feel the way that he's saying that he feels right now. And this is not uncommon. So, everything I've said up until now is this sounds par for the course of what happens after someone experiences a major loss. The question here is how can I influence my spouse to work on our marriage? It's going to sound a little bit like a broken record here, but it really is focus on you, yes. Like focus on you in the sense of what can I do to be the most attractive that I can be physically? Is it true? Any of the things that he has said, you said here, he isn't physically attracted to me. Is there a reason for that? that you have control over. So the, when we talk about physical attraction, we really talk about being the most physically attractive you can be for your age and situation in life. If you are a female going through menopause, or if you're a female who has PCOS, or if you're a female who has several different types of, of metabolic conditions, then you may be at the best that you can be for your age and situation in life. And that is great. It's not as much about how you look physically. It's more about how you are honoring and treating your body and how you feel physically. That's the bigger thing here. So ask yourself, what can you do to feel better physically, to take better care of yourself physically? Because we can all do a better job at any time at taking care of ourselves. Uh, and then intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, again, think about how are you attracting your husband? You're not doing it to attract your husband. That's a key point here. You do work on your pies to first and foremost, be the best that you can be because it's, you can't really have a healthy relationship if you are not in a healthy place. So you do the pies first for you being in a healthy place. Secondly, you're thinking, what can I do in these areas relationally to help attract my husband back to me? That's part of it. So how can you influence your spouse first focusing on you? But then secondly, honor the fact that he's grieving. So don't try and push him. We talked about push behaviors earlier, but here, like, don't try. And I, I know that you're not doing this, but I have to say this for our listeners and for everyone listening, we can't, we cannot put a timeline on someone else's grief. You didn't say when his brother died. You just said a year after his brother died, all of this happened. Even if his brother has been dead five, 10, 15 years if he hasn't grieved, and if you have been saying things to him, like you should be over this by now, or why are you still stuck on this? Why can't you move on? You have to do something to get happy again. It's keeping him further down in the hole. So don't push him. Instead, walk alongside of him. Ask questions like, how can I support you? What do you need? Where, like, you said that he loves you as a friend. So there's something there. Like that's a good, this is good news because a lot of our clients, they say, my spouse said, I love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore. You know, I don't want to be with you anymore, or I don't love you anymore. Right there. So the fact that he's saying that there's still a, a friendship there, that means you have something to build on because friendship is the strongest foundation of marriage. So don't throw everything away or feel like all hope is lost. But realize as a friend, if that's how he sees you now, yes, you're his wife, but as a friend, how can you walk alongside him and help him heal through this? And that's at first is going to look like a lot of asking and supporting and listening and empathizing and, and not as much as do this. It's not going to be prescriptive from you and it shouldn't be. Um, hopefully he will get to the point where through encouragement and support he will move forward in in finding a way to help him deal with his grief and his loss i would always recommend looking at spark of life and what they have and actually i would recommend looking at spark of life anyway for this question too to add on to what i've already said because i'm sure that david has content that can help around the the topic of like how do i help a friend or how do i help a loved one who is going through grief so you work on you, you support him, you be there for him, and you build on that friendship for now.
0: That's a wonderful way. While you're answering that question, I actually looked this up in the moment of recording this. Uh, a few years ago, David actually recorded a video for us titled How the Loss of a Loved One Affects a Marriage. So Great. a link to that video will be in the show notes. But absolutely we recommend david matthews and his wife debbie and spark of life if you are personally going through something of grief or if your spouse has gone through a grief situation we can help through our workshop identify those areas of grief but somebody's grief is really defined on their entire life experience not exactly just that moment that they are grieving according to david so yeah thank you so much kimberly for your time and answering these questions As always, we will see you in the next episode of Relationship Radio.